Hello, Tilters. Welcome back to Super Tilt the Podcast. I am Blaze, here with my fabulous sister, Marnie. And today, we are diving on in into a super dope conversation with Matthew Chan. Now, today is also an extra special episode, as we are so stoked to be announcing the launch of Frothy, our Web3 community design studio. If you're wondering what we mean by community design, then you're not alone. And since it's a totally new concept, we are bringing it to the world. Now, peep www.frothy.xyz www.frothy.xyz for more info on our mission and offerings and what we are bringing to the wild, wonderful world of Web3. Now, today's also super rad because we are announcing our inclusion on Mirror.xyz, which is a rad decentralized publishing platform, kind of like the Web3 equivalent of Medium. And on our Mirror page, you will soon be able to read all about the Frothy Manifesto and what we're out to do in the space. So we were bloody thrilled to talk to Matthew Chame for this episode. Hot off the back of securing a place in the right race, round 25, no less, which both myself and Matthew got voted in for. Yes. So we talked to Matthew about his journey into the world of Web3 through the lens of his core passion, music. Now, Matthew is the founder of SongCamp, which is all about collective creation for the 22nd century. In other words, building the future creator economy. We nut out what the SongCamp venture has recently birthed in the form of Electra. SongCamp is essentially a Web3 laboratory with the intentions of experimenting at the far out edges of where music meets the new internet. It's also all about building the most accessible and valuable place for musicians to fall down the proverbial rabbit hole. So we were so jazzed to catch some of the Web3 meets music concepts that are whirring around Matthew's creative brain and just really dig into the mission around collectively funding, creating and distributing art. Woohoo! Let's froth, let's tilt, let's super froth tilt into this episode. Let's go. Good morning. We're entering the portal today. Hey, super stoked to be here with Matthew Chain. How's it going, Matthew? Hello, hello. Welcome good. to the it's podcast. Going well. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, on this rather poignant day, isn't it? For Electra Dow, for you and your journey, for Frothy and the Right Race journey. It's a good good synchronicity that's happening. <laughs> really, yeah. We've converged on the right day, it seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right day for the right race. Yo! <laughs> Yo! So, okay, what are we even talking about here? Do you want to just share why you're stoked that Electra Dow got voted in to the right race? Sure, yeah. So right now we are running, well, so within, so I've been working on Sonia. <laughs> I suddenly, I need to take like mental jumps back, back, back. Where does the context start again? It probably starts around the, the thing that I've started working on back in April, which is called SongCamp, which is basic community to experiment at the edges of music and Web3. As a musician myself, I'm deeply interested in that sort of work and a community is starting to form around the, those similar interests. And we're currently in our second camp, our second experiment, which is Electra. And it's turned into an eight-week camp. So it's ending in two weeks. We're six weeks in. And the beautiful thing about this project is 
while it starts as a camp, it evolves into a DAO. And it will basically be incubated by SongCamp now and then evolve into its its own entity with its own sort of governance. And it's a quite deep project, all related to collective creation and creating music and using Web3 tools to distribute and interact with and realize the value of that of that music and that wider art. And then, so we're starting, zooming in on today for a second, we are starting to kind of plant the seeds and create the frameworks necessary to evolve into that decentralized organization moving forward in September now. And kind of one of the first steps was today, you know, we want to set up that platform and voice for the Electra DAO. So we entered in the right race today, it being Wednesday, that's the day the right race happens. And yeah, wow, two hours later and like nearly 12,000 votes, we, we, we scooted right in, which was kind of crazy to see. Didn't expect it to move that quickly. Yeah, very excited to start to get that off the ground and see what it's going to be like for this DAO to be set up. Amazing. Amazing. And to your point about the just the speed, the momentum, the, the sheer velocity of the space that we are witness to right now, it's really freaking intriguing that last time we talked, which was really only a few weeks ago, it feels like just so much shit has gone down in a good way, good shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to just clarify, like, what last time we were talking, the song camp, you know, you were buzzing to launch that, but then now there's this Electra DAO component too. So what has been, like, the, the I guess, the trajectory that, that has shifted stuff in the last same month? Yeah, so I guess, like, to just speak to like the intentions behind Electra in general. So the first song camp that we ran, which we've now referred to, we now refer to as Song Camp Genesis, our first kind of experiment in these waters, really took on that song camp name. It's like it was like a songwriting camp online with nine musicians um, bundled up into three groups of three, and they created three songs within a two-week period. We released those as NFTs and auctioned those off, and it went super well. And it was really fast and fun and kind of, yeah, at the speed that this Web3 world moves at. And also really like songwriting camps move at often. You can get together with a bunch of friends or, or new friends and create music together in a, in a three-day period or in a week. And it's really fast and fun and creatively fulfilling. The problem is like the music kind of gets stuck there. You don't end up like putting it out for a long time or get stuck in the industry or all sorts of BS that comes along with our current legacy mode. And even if it does come out, you're never going to see any money. Or if you're ever going to see any money, it's going to be in a very, very long time. And it's going to be broken down into a millionth of a penny. And that is no fat. That's not fast. And it's definitely not fun. So we wanted to experiment with something different. And we were able to accomplish that with the first camp, providing visual support and Web3 support for these three songs in, in, in a two-week period and selling that in the third week. So then from that, we've started ideating, okay, like if... If that, then what? Like, what can, what else can we do? And so we started basically building the sort of the sproutings of Electra, of SongCamp Electra as our second experiment by, by kind of going off the hypothesis of like, okay, if visual support and Web3 support worked super well to make this project come to life and for people to resonate with it, what if we threw more at that support? What if we kind of like built a whole production house and a whole store around these songs? And that's what we've now attempted and are honestly succeeding to do. Uh, this camp has been going incredibly well with about 20 musicians plus eight visual artists and a whole host of kind of strategists, a few devs. And we're basically putting this world together in real time um, 
which takes the shape of like audiovisual NFTs that tell that story. We have a whole like sound design and voice work team. We've got the visual team creating the, the visual art. And then we ha- again have three groups of three creating songs that are necessary for this story to conclude in a in an accomplished way. Because this the whole story of Electra is that Electra is a world where music is energy. So we have to create music to basically save this world. And then to add another layer to that is there's actually an interactive game element to this experience too. So we launched a crowdfund to fund the, the building of Electra back at, I think it was July 12th, which was an incredibly successful day way beyond our expectation. And in that, in that crowdfund, people bought a portal tickets and they entered the portal to travel with us to Electra and to basically help us save Electra. And they've been going through that game flow within the Electra Discord now, which is gated by their portal tickets. And really we're entering the crescendo period within this next two week period where they're also going to be interacting on a music making level with us too. So that's where it's all kind of like going. And and then we are starting to now like already, but really in the next two weeks, blur the lines between who is a game participant or an Electra like participant and who is an Electra builder. And those lines are being blurred. And then as we blur those in the next two weeks, we then very naturally sort of evolve into a decentralized organization called Electra. And, and then we get to see what happens. Wow. Wow. I love how you're gamifying this very experimental iterative journey of making music and making art in such a unique way and such a new frontier way. I think it's super exciting and I'd love I'd love to see more of this happening across different different forms of art. It'd be so rad. So rad. I'd love to wind it back into your past a little bit more. And two questions here. Matthew, what what actually got you into music in the first place, making music? And secondly, how did the conventional music industry feel to you? And why do you think it's mm-hmm. broken? Yeah, so I got into music kind of by way of comedy, actually. In in like high school, I was kind of like class clown type of guy and always considered myself a comedian who was too scared to hit the stage. And then, you know, I, I one day stumbled upon Childish Gambino, who at the time was making punchline rap music. Ooh. And I was like, ooh, you could be funny inside of rap lyrics. And so a friend, a friend of mine who was starting to make music himself and starting to write rap himself like i started along with him writing these like punchline rap songs and we were kind of like a a duo and we yeah just like threw our comedy sort of muscle in with our i guess musical or or slowly born birthing musical muscles into this like duo that we created and through that i started to really fall in love with the music side with the music writing side with the songwriting side and i started adding melody and and the like and and it really just like kind of enveloped me and like took over my life to the point where I eventually started my own my own project releasing under my own name and working with producers at first here in Montreal and then actually kind of full circle started attending songwriting camps which really had a huge effect on me and really like opened my world up to what was possible and through that started traveling to Toronto and LA and eventually moved to LA for a few years and that's where I really came into contact with the industry, quote unquote, getting mm. in, you know, into like the songwriting rounds there and 
really developing a lot as a songwriter and as an artist and also interfacing with like labels and, and publishers and managers and that whole world. But for the most part, even then and, and definitely before, like I've always been very kind of independent, self-managed. I have kind of the business acumen and went to school in business. And, and so I always like, like wearing all the hats. So it was like always difficult for me to like partner up with people in that sense. Eventually in LA, I did make some very strong friends that were in the industry industry. And through that ended up signing a short label deal and a short publishing deal. And those went well, like it wasn't, it wasn't bad or I, I didn't, I haven't faced anything where I was like stuck for all these years and da 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 da. But it, it definitely wasn't something that like completely evolved what I had been doing kind of on my own. And I got to, and it, I saw like, you know, that this stuff, you know, I, I, I guess I got to see like into it that it was kind of this very bloated process, you know, it wasn't like fast and fun, <laughs> I guess, like the way I kind of liked it, which I understand, like things, things obviously take time, but like, yeah, it's like, they're, they're very bloated and, and have a lot of different clients, a lot of artists, and it's difficult to run a business in, in that world now without volume. And it's difficult to prioritize things in, in that way. So I saw that like, kind of like with a lot of things with humans, you know, there's a lot of excitement and froth at the, at the top of it. You sign the thing, it's all exciting. Da, da, da. And then that plateaus, understandably so. Luckily, I didn't have such a long deal that like my plateau was like lengthy. But yeah, I mean, even before then, I, I did get like a major label offer that was just like trying to eat my life whole. And I saw that and said no to that straight away. But just like, and you know, I have a lot of friends in the space too, who like get offers in, in that way that just don't make any sense. And, and definitely as you start to dip into the Web3 world, they really start to make less sense. Even, even now just receiving, like I still receive my publishing sort of reports every quarter or what have you. It's just like 95 pages to tell me that I made like 17 cents from like 36 oh, years God ago. Damn. Really? It's like what, what, That's and now. Depressing. Yeah. 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 I actually don't. And I know people do make money in these ways as like a songwriter and like through songwriting, I think you need to like get radio and all these different avenues for that. But as an artist who's like kind of my only real uptick has come from like streaming and, and more specifically Spotify. I don't know what it's like to like make money as a songwriter, as an artist, you know, you make a few bucks still. It's like, slow and low but as a songwriter i don't know what it's like to make anything really it's so negligible so from that standpoint you not only do you just like kind of i get I guess have this sort of subconscious sense of what your art's value is because like this is the market of what it is and this is what you know but also like i've also recognized that i was kind of you're kind of shoved into a position of like making sort of arrangements with your friends and the collaborators that you're working with creatively that are modeled off of mainly, you know, agreements that reflect like what major labels do with major artists. And we just look at this one thing called the industry and sort of make, you know, deals that are modular. Yes, but they all kind of like are stemmed from these sort of arrangements made by these big companies with big artists that are very archaic, actually, that come from like a very, very long time ago. And it just doesn't make sense for us. And, and as you enter this new space, which really is just like another new outlet, a new place to experiment with what can work and what the value of art is and how can we work together, just by getting to play in a different sandbox, you look back at the other one, you're like, oh, this isn't the only sandbox. And therefore, 
this is a joke. <laughs> this sand, that sandbox is a joke for, for most, for most people, I would say. So that's a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I love your reference to like just saying a big screw you to the industry as it operates today, knowing that, knowing what we do, that it can function in such a better manner, like a whole new paradigm is possible. I wonder if you had a meeting with fucking Daniel Ek, you know, Spotify CEO, what would you aim to come out of that meeting? Like, do you think that whole mm, older world music monopoly crew needs to radically change their views or is that just going to continue because it's such a behemoth and then there's going to be this on the side kind of bubbling up? It's a very good question. I, I would say like my gut reaction to that is like, I think Spotify, you know, and the music, music streaming services right now, they solve a problem. It's working, obviously, like they're doing so well. You know, the market dictates what's working and that is working. And it makes it very easy to like have all you can eat buffet of all the music in the world. But I don't think it solves all the problems. I mean, obviously, it doesn't solve the problem for most of the long tail of artists to make a decent living off of their work. And definitely not in a way that's like at all predictable or anything like that. But also on the consumer end, it doesn't solve all the problems because it's not such a rich experience. And I think people are craving richer experiences that they can identify with deeper. And the same way in an analog to like an older world where you go and you buy a vinyl and, and your friends would buy the same vinyl and you get to touch it and read the liner notes and really like <laughs> embed yourself in the, in the experience of it. Now we're all just kind of like clicking away. And like, I know my experience of listening to music has changed drastically. I, even the music I listen to, I think, is affected by the technology that provides my music. Like, I mainly listen to kind of music that is like instrumental, just like kind of passive background listen, mm. listening sort of thing with Spotify. And then like I dig deeper on on sites like Catalog, really. Yeah, I think I think people are want like those rich experiences, but mm. we are moving into a digital world. And I think we're going to move towards, and we are already moving towards something that almost pendulum swings back to that like analog of being able to like touch and feel and experience something deeper. But I think it's going to look different because it's in the metaverse. Yes, 100%. I mean, thinking about the different audiences that we're dealing with here in, in order to let the vision really unfold and, and gain pace, what have you been learning in the last weeks, months really about messaging or sharing this exciting ElectroDAO Web3 narrative, like positive vision with your homies who aren't in the space? Have there been some kind of key moments, aha moments where you're like, oh shit, this is actually how we should create the narrative so people get it and the, and the penny drops and, you know, all the lights go. Yeah, that's a good question. I think like there definitely is this gap and it took me a while to learn that even when I was like falling down the rabbit hole into the space where it's not like, oh, it's, it's not so much like people are necessarily going to be jumping over this wall of like friction towards this new web three land right away but at first you're almost gonna like build your community here like the other people that are mm -hmm. innately interested too and i feel like i built like a whole new network of friends and, and and people around me um that were here you know already or they jumped in at the same time as me or a little later whatever and like bridging that with you know like you say like my close friends like is a lot slower and i think a lot of people at least in 
my world have like certain preconceptions when it comes to just crypto, right? There's just this like umbrella term called crypto. And we think about 2017 and ICOs and Bitcoin, like that's it, you know? And it's like, I think it takes a certain like intrinsic curiosity to want to see past that. And I think at certain times there has been like certain articles I've written that have maybe like bridged that gap a little bit. And they're like, oh, I kind of understand what you're doing now. I would say like, specifically with a project like Electra, I don't think that's sort of happening because I actually think like something that we think about at Song Camp a lot is like, we want to um, do two things. We want to explore at the deepest places of the rabbit hole. And then we also want to be a space where we can support people taking their first like little dip, dipping their toe into that rabbit hole. And that's sort of an interesting tension because they kind of are contrasting, but that's sort of what we've done with Electra. But I would say to that analogy with an Electra, it's sort of like there's certain artists who didn't have MetaMasks when this camp started. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this Song Camp Electra project is like a bunch of artists in this camp were taking their first dip into the rabbit hole and we like pushed them in and they've been falling all the way to the depths. Because it really yeah. feels like we're, we're like, playing at the, the diving board and you were just like, yo, just take the plunge, go in. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So I think like it's kind of a lost cause, I think, a little bit to be communicating this project to like my friends. Because I think even within the world, um, it's so new. I have a real right? hard affirmation from the canines that this is absolutely. <laughs> that's it. Right part. Mm. Yeah. I forgot where we were before before dog started freaking out. Electra, yeah and, yeah, and its communication abilities, yeah. So I think the priority has really been like even just simplifying the messaging for Web3 people right now with Electra. And I think as we think towards the fall of Song Camp, I think we're going to go a little bit on the other end of that and making it really uh, about supporting artists taking their first dip into this space. Yes. Mm. Amazing. And on that note, actually, I was going to ask what what excites you the most about the next three to six months of Song Camp and Electra and, I guess, Web3 life in general? Ooh, great question. Very exciting question. Uh, we are definitely in the trenches right now in Electra, so it's, it's always fun to also, within that, lift your head up and look towards the blue sky ahead as we move towards the next like three to six months. And we've started doing that for the fall, like I said. I think one thing that excites me is we'll collectively be able to look at what's just happened (laughs) and be able to reflect on the last eight weeks because I think there's so much to learn from what just happened in terms of not only like creating art together, but just collective creation, collective governance and decision-making. I think there's Mm -hmm. so much to learn from the way this camp was designed and how, how we can continue to design them. And I think also we'll be able to see the vision take shape of what it means for Song Camp to be an ecosystem that incubates projects that can potentially take flight and reach escape velocity into their own DAOs. So I think we'll be able to see that um, take shape for the first time in the fall. And in parallel to that, you know, to run Song Camp Electra, where we're at now, you know, we basically had to turn the lights off at Song Camp to run Song Camp Electra only because of just the sheer size and capacity we have right now. But we see a future where maybe dozens of camps can be running by all sorts of different communities and Song Camp proper can have its lights on. So I think 
another focus for the fall is to like turn the lights on at song camp and it really being a sort of season about community and building that sort of social aspect of a, of a real a real hub for musicians to learn about the space to congregate and meet others in the space and a place to just like create music we definitely want to bring that fast fun element back uh, in the fall that we kind of kick things off with cool i love the 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 vibe of it basically being like this web3 meets music venture studio where it's not just funded by lps and vcs but it's a it's a decentralized dao collective ownership all of that you guys yeah you're really leading the charge in this domain and bringing a far more tangible element to what the space has really struggled with which is kind of that lack of interactive artistic co-creation ability so yeah massive massive kudos to you and the crew i wonder are there any other ecosystem kind of partners that you would hope to bring in into the fold whether that's well i'll leave that open actually yeah i mean i guess like others in the space i mean just from day one of song camp you know coming to life really seed club has been there and seed club speaking of an ecosystem you know, that's really supporting. I think of, I think of uh, Seed Club as kind of like the ecosystem ecosystem. It's like super meta, but that's what it really feels like. They're really like supporting these different ecosystems to thrive and Song Camp being one of them. And yeah, really at the beginning and, and up until now, Seed Club and Just Sloss have been like extremely supportive of the vision and have been very much a part of like this getting started. I mean, the catalyst to the first camp even happening was via a seed club conference that I ended up kind of buying sponsor NFT for that event and spoke to Jess during the conference about the idea for the first camp. And that's where it really started. Like the first like 11 or 12 people who, who came on board for the first camp were pretty much all from that, from that conference. So I, yeah, I really like consider them a deep partner in this world. And then also Mirror has been like a hugely supportive piece to the puzzle in our first camps. I mean, alongside Mirror, like really Catalog and Zora. And I guess like that's kind of like this Zora protocol, both, I guess, ecosystem and culture, really, that yes. um, we've kind of leaned into. I mean, Catalog, obviously, really leading the charge when it comes to music-focused NFTs and a music-focused NFT platform. And Mirror has just been so supportive in creating the you know experimental business models for a project like song camp to be able to run on top of and they're just constantly creating new products and we get to be you know one of the first ones to test them and that's like just a so much fun such a fun sandbox to play in and b it's super important because like you say we need these sort of interactive art-based experiments running at the forefront and mirror is really like creating the rails to even be able to do that for like non-tech groups. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think what's apparent to me is that you've been really successful in galvanizing community through the means of gamification. And that's a really strong superpower for some camp. And I'd love to know what your biggest learnings have been from this communal self-organizing swarm effect that you've created well a few things come to mind there i mean related to the gamification i think you know i really think we're really we're you know we're still so so very early in this space i really yeah. like i 
think towards the future. And I feel like we haven't even really turned NFTs on yet. They're not on yet. You know, I, I think like they're still so static and relatively not as smart as they will be under the hood. And that's just going to lead to all sorts of new ways of game of gamification and interactability or rather interaction within communities and also the way to create communities. I think a good example here is PartyBid, which just launched last week and we were lucky enough to be releasing an NFT the same day, like an hour after Party came to be. And just, oh, is this the one, is this the one, oh, what was the name of this one? Something. Mm-hmm. Godlina. Uh, of the NFT? Godlina's Message. Yes, yeah. yes, cool. Yeah, so that was the second kind of story-based audiovisual piece that we released. And a party bid sprung up right at the outset and filled up fairly quickly within 24 hours, which I also really did not think was going to happen. And it happened. And just seeing that happen, you know, and party bid being this thing where it's fun. It feels like a game. You get to like jump in and contribute to an NFT or to a community or to a group of artists that you want to basically, you know, signal that you love what they've done. Mm. You don't necessarily need to like spend everything you got, or you could just, you know, spend a relatively small amount, any, 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 fractional amount would will do and then you basically have created a community through action yeah uh, it's not like through messaging hey we're starting this project would love for you to come check it out we have our first call it's like no like here's this nft we're bidding on it jump in and it's like community through the convergence of action of same time same type of action and that's like a really interesting i think peek into the future that i think communities will spring up through interaction rather than through like kind of maybe front run communication. What that means, I'm not even sure, but I just know that like part of it is kind of the seed of that. So yeah, I think the gamification aspects of this stuff, I think we're really, really still on the cusp of what it's going to look like. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. I wonder also on that gamification piece, did that, uh, influence your kind of branding and, and community activation strategy in terms of the electronauts? Like, is there is there something deeper to dig into there and, and how you want to galvanize people to be electronauts? Well, it's funny, you know, because we're just like, we're releasing log three tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, mm. you know, it's, you know, because like party bid, is very modular in that you basically create the community and the coin around one NFT. And like, that's the party bid. You're bidding on this one NFT and then you create that community and that token reflects that fractionalized NFT. So I think we really were like throwing spaghetti on the wall when we did that one. We weren't really thinking it through so much. We actually, during the call of the release of Log2, we decided together to just do this party bid and we basically voted within the Discord during the call, like through emojis, what should it be called? Like, what should the token name be? Yeah. So Electronauts won and dollar sign squad won. And so that's how it was created. And now we, we're putting out log three. It'd be interesting for, you know, the Electronauts community to grow. But technically you would start a new party bid. So I think there's like, again, it's it's super early. I think there's like, you know, a future where you can spring that up and then that community can continue. And of course, there are manual ways of doing that. You can airdrop a token that ends up representing both those tokens and yada yada, but it'll get complicated quick. And suddenly you have all these 
dormant tokens in your yeah. MetaMask, which I imagine will be everyone's future no matter what. So yeah, so I'm not really sure where the, uh, the whole party bid thing goes. Mm. But I think the other thing that I kind of saw after we ran it was, you know, we quickly created an Electronauts channel gated by the squad token in the Electra Discord mm-hmm. and for a place for them to congregate. But then also you can see that, you know, there's a potential there for the Electronauts to now have access to specific game flow or certain codes or what have you to solve puzzles. Like, And suddenly you create this community within the game or maybe almost like a sub or micro community within the game that can go down different different paths or have different roles. And suddenly the whole party bid mechanic looks like a potential technology that would be baked into future Web3 games, which is just a very exciting prospect. Yeah, and Web3 games and Web3 artists, uh, I mean, Web3 creations of, of all descriptions, hey? Yeah, for, for sure. I wonder what what creators would you love to pull in to work with in, in the Electra DAO capacity right now? And they could be coming in from all corners of the globe. Yeah, I guess like, well, within Electra DAO or, you know, and also within like the future SongCamp projects will launch. I mean, we, I think it's funny, the way I look at it is, you know, because it's SongCamp, but then there's also like a visual component too. And we've had some incredible visual artists come in. And I think uh, something that's really exciting to me for the future is to bring, I almost like have this idea in my mind where it's like artists that I'm, or producers or musicians who I'm friends with, who are incredibly talented, who know not the first thing about this whole Web3 world, like them coming in and working with some dope visual artists who do have maybe uh, some NFT experience and just like pairing them up and, and seeing what happens. I think that would be a really cool flow. And I think on the Electra side too, you know, we want to continue building the story and people within the Electra, there's actually, it's funny, before you said the word swarm, we actually have a, the, the group of artists who are kind of doing the sound design, the script writing, all the story-based audio work, voiceover. They're called The Swarm. And they were that was like designed at the beginning of camp, that they were going to be kind of like morphing into these different subgroups and working on these different pieces of the puzzle. And so they were called The Swarm. And that group is probably the most DAO or the most Web3 or the most forward-leaning kind of like group framework that we've done so far it's been quite a success story within the camp so seeing how they evolve into the DAO and even you know them having ideas of who they want to come in and work on the audio or work on the visual yeah or, or you know other subgroups within the camp so I think it's really going to open up to all of us to decide together like how we continue to build this world out wow Whoa, so much to explore so much so much excitement. <laughs> no, it's never ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just simple is immense. Yeah. And it's it's evident that well for me, like NFTs really got me thinking about Web3 in a whole different way and got me excited about Web3 in a whole different way. And I think it's gonna be like the Trojan horse for so many mm-hmm. newbies to dive in. And I think what you're doing is really pioneering. Damn pioneering. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it really caught, obviously it caught me too. I think back in, back last summer when a friend of mine who at the time was kind of deep down in like the 
DeFi world started explaining to me what he was doing. And as soon as he started telling me about this digital crypto art that people are buying on the internet, you know, my ears really perked up. I'm like, what are you talking about? And man, oh man, the rest is history. Like, here we are. Well, thank God your, your buddy did unleash <laughs> those insights at the time, right? Because it's, it's hypercritical, the timing right now. Timing is everything. And you've obviously, mm. you're timing it super bloody well with how you're in this emergent emergent space at the forefront at the forefront with music side so mm-hmm. woohoo congrats congrats <laughs> woohoo it's a, it's a wild place to be and but i feel like we are now actually in a kind of micro community through kind of collective action or collective action from others because since we both were voted in through the right race on the same week, in the same round, round 25. We'll always have that. Right. And actually on that note, if we need to talk to the, the mirror team about this, but I feel, yeah, having guilds of rounds or ways to kind of uh, consolidate our round 25 community in a micro community in a, in a more cohesive way could be really rad. Yeah. We should, we should say that. Like, well, let's, we should like pitch that in the Discord or something. It could yeah. even be a mere Discord thing. Yeah. Kind of locked. Yeah. Locked channels yeah. for the round. Yeah. And then That's, that gets interesting. Like a I like that. Guilds. summit in, I don't know, freaking Puerto Rico in, in 2022. See you there. Oh yeah, actually, God. speaking of speaking of live stuff, I did have a question pop up in my head earlier, Matthew. And that was, how do you think Song Camp, Electra, Dao can translate into real life interactions? in the future? Oof, that's an exciting one. A few Fridays ago, we had a Senka set, is what we call it here in Montreal, which is like a happy hour. And we had a happy hour on Zoom because we spend all day in Discord. Discord is the office. So we had to change it up and hit the bar at Zoom. And I think, you know, there's such a amazing social sort of explosion happening within camp. Really like families are, are coming to life. It, it gets very campy, really, which is awesome. And I think, so I think, IRL camps are definitely on their way. They have to be. I think we were even talking about it during uh, Camp Genesis. A member of the first camp, um, a musician, Kevin, who was on one of the songs, he lives in Hawaii. And he would always join the calls and turn his camera on. And we'd all be like, oh, my God, like, mm-hmm. that is ridiculous. And we've always spoken that we have to have a camp in Hawaii. So that's going to go down. But, yeah, I could really see some song camp meetups happening in the future. Uh, would love to bring this into the real world for sure. Yes, yes. I don't have experience of going to a song camp, but I did go to a few band camps back in the day (laughs) and they were a time, (laughs) a time and a half. Yeah, I think it would be, yeah, be amazing. Beautiful. All right, we're going to wrap this up with our final quick fire rapid round. Fire some questions at you. Just go with your instinct as to what your answer should be. Well, yeah, on this on this band camp, saxophone or the harp for you? I'm going to go harp. Hmm, cool. I was going to say saxophone because it's a very, I know this is a speed round and I'm answering way longer than you expected. I love the saxophone. It's so warm. It's so vocal. But I met a friend in LA. He's an incredible musician. His name is escaping me right now, but he's just incredible artist and he plays the harp and sings and 
It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, he came mm-hmm. to mind, so. I feel you on that because <laughs> I play the saxophone, but I had a harp during lockdown last year, and it was phenomenal. Ooh. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay, cool. Very therapeutic. Also, do you, this guy, your buddy in LA, does he play the electric harp? Because that's a vibe. He does, and I just found his name because, and you know what I did? Because I know that I'm subscribed to his email newsletter. So I just typed harp into my Gmail and I got it right away. And he, his name is Calvin Arsenia. Incredibly talented. Calvin Arsenia. Arsenia with an A. Amazing. And he, he ran some sort of like, a, I don't know if it was like a Patreon or some sort of crowdfund to raise money to purchase a new harp. And he bought this like really awesome purple electric harp. Oh my God. Oh God. So it is electric. Yeah, you're, you're totally Badass. That was a beautiful tangent. Okay, next question. (laughs) What do you create? A personal social token or a social token for your dog? Social token for my dog, 100%. Lucy. Lucy. Oh my God, Lucy coin is going to be huge. Lucy coin. Yes, I'm here for it. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, that could be a first. Has anybody done that yet? Creating a social token for their pet? I think Doge is is exactly yeah. Yeah, but something actually that's hyper personalized to you being right, 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 right. right, right. Yeah. Dog, said dog. That's yeah. Anyway. Hilarious. That's definitely going to happen, right? And it's like mm. I don't know. What are you doing with that? Putting out content. All right. Disco or country? Country. Would you rather play every musical instrument in the world or speak every language in the world? <sighs> speak every language. I really did think I was going to say the first one. I was like, no matter what you say after this, I'm going to say every instrument. But oof, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like second guessing myself because are, are, is there a difference once you play every instrument in the world? Yeah, you're basically speaking. You're speaking the universal language of music. So true. True. I'm getting emotional here. But the oh, language, know, language really is cool music about. as well. Got yeah, it. language is music. Something cool about speaking all yeah. languages as well. Rainbow or MetaMask? We have to ask this. Oof, MetaMask. We're not sponsored by either, so you can be completely neutral. <laughs> <laughs> I just because I get more done with MetaMask, so I got to go MetaMask. Get more done. Ah, yeah. but in terms yeah. of aesthetics, would you change your answer? Yeah, I prefer Rainbow for aesthetics. Mm. But yeah, I just use it so much less. Yeah, I feel it. Uh, Bored Ape or Stoner Cat? Bored Ape. Now imagine you're 15 years old. Would you rather go on a in real life band camp to New York or a song camp in LA? I go to a song camp in LA. Mm. Okay. Which artist are you most excited by right now? Aside from yourself, of course. I'm excited for the three bands that are coming to life on Monday with the three... Songs coming out of Electra, I can I can Wait. tease their names if you want. Yes, uh, I haven't said them out loud anywhere. We've got Wait. we've got Amy Ra, mm-hmm. is one group. We've got Water Signs, okay. and we've got Finch Three S. Wow. These are the names. Mm, cool. That you've heard them first. Mm. Woo! I'm Easy. most excited about the, those those artists and those songs. To be honest. Audio file question: Both headphones. Or AirPod Pro? Oof. I mean, I guess I'll just go AirPod Pro because I use like the AirPods all the time. They're not Pro. Yeah? Do you put it on the transparency setting? What's that? 
Oh. <laughs> is that something that the non-pros have? No, it's unique to the pros. And it makes you be more aware of ambient sound around you. Oh, yes, I've heard of this. Yeah, I'm still on like the basic version, but okay. I, I really love them. And I don't use Bose headphones. I use Audio Technica. So. Okay. Shout out Audio Technica. Yes. That's good enough. <laughs> All right. Matthew Chang is good enough for you. Okay. Finally, finally. What three words describe the Matthew Chain vibe? Ooh, like musically, right? We're talking? No. In, vibe in general? You're, oh. you're Holistically. Yeah. Holistically. Holistically. Ooh, okay. Wow, that's tough. Three words. Yeah. To define myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. I guess like one word that comes to mind is warm. I like that word. I was going to say that for like music, but I guess I can still use it. Another word would be... This is tough. Warm. Let's say, oh, okay. Can I say things that I aspire to be all the time, but I'm only some of the time? Meditative. I'm really into like meditation and these things. And I aspire to have that as a sustained practice in my life. So we'll say that. And optimistic. I'm optimistic about the future and about the present because we're meditative. I almost forgot. <laughs> Beautiful. That is warm, yeah. meditative, optimistic. Those are strong, strong words. I freaking align with that. Yes. Well, goddamn, we should have asked you in the rapid round. What's your favorite form of meditation? I I typically like in the evening and in the morning, if I can, just sit down and meditate for a few minutes. Usually, like a guided meditation. Sometimes just like with a timer, but mm. usually just like a guided meditation. I'll use like an app I have or a YouTube video, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. I've done it. Like I've done silent meditation retreats and I've gotten a lot from them. And typically out of those, like I'll meditate way more during the day or what have you. But these days are busy, man, which usually means like if you, if you don't have time to meditate, like I like that quote, if you don't have time to meditate for 10 minutes, you should probably meditate for 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. <laughs> yes. So to any listeners tuning in, if you're feeling busy, a little bit stressed, take a moment and, you know, breathe. <laughs> mm. There was a second there where I, I did some guided meditations on my Instagram, like on Instagram Live. Cool. Cool. Oh, rad. Cool. We should yeah. swap. <laughs> Both of you guys, then, for activating on that. So, we need to. We need yeah. more, sharing, more sharing and exposure to what what styles people can play, play with, basically. and resonate with 100 do you also uh guide meditation is this yeah, i'm actually a trained yoga teacher myself so i love i love sharing the practice and yeah at the moment i'm actually cycling through a whole bunch of different forms of meditation in my own practice every morning just to shake it up a little wake the brain that's up and <laughs> wake the mm. spirit up mm. that's the best well okay. we could yawn about different <laughs> yogic practices all damn day but we're going to let yes. you go and we're going to let our listeners go. Thank you so mm -hmm. much, Matthew. I was so excited when I first read your Mirror article and I was like, yo, we have to interview him <laughs> for the pod. So exciting what you're doing and how you're shaking up the Web3 space. Yeah. Man, well, thank you so much for having man, me, guys. That you're bringing to the Web3 portals and the portal Trying. you Trying. have created is a damn juicy one to, to dive into. So... 
Sonic success ahead. Yay! Yeah, to Sonic. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Uh, this was awesome. It was super fun to jam with you on all this stuff. Yo. Yo! That was Electra. Electra fine? It was <laughs> electric, if I do say so myself. Yeah, frothed about collective creation. Definitely, definitely sensing a lot of momentum coming up in this arena with music, with three creator economy in a whole new framing of yeah a whole new framing of artistry really i'm here for it yeah that's so right money i am viewing this understanding all of this as like the next frontier of artistry of creation of musicianship it's just it's so damn cool and so excited to see what unfolds over the next few months of Electra, over the next few months of Song Camp, over the course of Matthew Cham's career, over the course of <laughs> NFT creations. Ah, anything is possible. And we're really yeah. just at the frontiers and the starting point right now. Mm, I think that really stuck, the, his fact that NFTs, as we currently see them in 2021, are not nearly as smart as they will be. And that keeps being hit on, but I think it's necessary to hit on again for all our listeners out there that the NFT universe is not even at a proper inflection point yet. Like we think it's hype, no. And it's just getting started. We haven't even really turned the switches, all the switches that we can switch and all of the inclusion pieces and different verticals that can be in this this universe have hardly uh, entered into the arena. So. That's pretty frothy, right? Super frothy. Super, super frothy. And also, I love that, like, a grounding pillar of his creation with Electra is that music is energy. Music equals energy. Energy equals music. Mm. So we need the right energy to change the world. Therefore, the music that is put out into the wild web is really influential in how we make positive dents on the planet. And, you know, all about those those high frequencies, right? Yeah, and I mean, he also can yarn for a long time about the power of meditation, the power of tuning in, mindfulness, quietening our minds to whatever frequency is out there and creating beautiful ways to express the human condition through music and sound. Mm -hmm. So sonic parties for the win. Love it, love it. Now, I hope this has been a bit of a sonic party for you listeners. So please, if, if it was indeed, subscribe to the podcast and if you're feeling super loving flick us a top-notch rating and maybe even a review and maybe send it to your homie who hasn't heard of web3 yet thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time ciao